Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Discover a new way to record with Isotope Spire Studio. With this portable multi-track recorder, you can quickly and easily capture your songs at the highest quality via the built-in mic or dual inputs. Spire Studio automatically detects your instrument to sculpt the tone and set input levels. Wirelessly pair it with your iOS or Android device to add creative amps and effects, edit, mix, collaborate with bandmates, and export your songs. Now available at retailers like Sweetwater, Auto Music, Amazon, as well as Toman and Anderton's in Europe. Look for Spire Studio on Black Friday for an amazing discount and learn more at isotope.com forward slash spire forward slash nerds or follow links in the description of this podcast. Introducing the all-new Mariposa Omar Rodriguez Lopez signature model electric guitar from Ernie Ball Music Man. The latest designed from the ground-up signature model in a long list of unique and often groundbreaking artist instruments. Unlike most other brands' signature releases, Music Man team up with each artist to design every single element of their instrument. From the body shape to the pickups, controls and construction type, each new addition to the Music Man signature series is as individual as the player they work with. And the Mariposa is no exception. Featuring an offset angular Akume body shape providing a beautiful, unique appearance whilst retaining maximum balance and playing comfort. Gorgeous custom pickguard designs laser etched with an original ornate floral design and coordinated to complement each specific finish option and unique and versatile dual volume pots to create a natural variation in the high end when set at different levels. Available in Imperial Black, Imperial White, Dorado Green and of course, Pueblo Pink. Check them out in the description of this podcast or at music-man.com. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the most guitar-y of all guitar podcasts. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by the magnificent Mark Packham. Twelve stone. And the gelatinous Jay Cross. You didn't plug my mic in. No, you plugged the mic in. I plugged the mic in. I didn't plug your headphones in. I didn't plug your headphones in. I had to do it myself. I'm sorry, Jay. Well, it's just not the sort of technical support I appreciate. You get paid for this. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, Can you turn my headphones up, please? 
Yeah, sure, I can turn your headphones up. <laughs> See behind the curtain. You yeah. want to talk into the microphone, Joe? I know you always tell me to do <laughs> yeah, it. I'm so. just, I'm just working out where Jay's headphones are. Jay, check Hello? your headphones. Is no, that better? Still, is that number three? Because that's me. Oh, is, oh yeah, that was you. Is that better, Jay? Oh, that's better. Thank you. Yeah, okay, yeah, no problem. Can you put, wonderful. Can you put number three back to where it was, please? Yeah, I can put number three. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Okay, fine. Can there you, you go. turn your yourself off? And not, I mean... You just in, want me to in leave, In the sense yeah? of this if you podcast. Could, if you no, could just, I just leave mean, this all set up. If you just and, shut yourself down. Right. Well, maybe, maybe if, like, Should you I know... Go? Yeah, you go. Come I'll back go. in. Come back in an hour or so and okay. you can collect your stuff and go and, home and edit whatever gold Mark and I have come up with. Okay, sure. I'll, I'll do that. Can you be the sort of silent partner? I don't even mind if you take the money. I just never want to have to talk to you ever again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, welcome to another episode of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. We're always talking to each other. Yes, that's true. That's true, we are. Um, so, uh, lots of things seem to have happened this week. I've been away on tour. Yeah. Um, and whilst I've been away on tour, Jay Cross has bought things. I have. Which is, uh, which is unusual. I also got to see loads of cool gear on tour, which we'll come to at some point. But I think, first of all, before we get into anything else, Jay Cross, you seem to be, for the first time in a while, really rapidly increasing your collection. I feel like you and Mark are, are sort of, you know, going through a bit of a buying frenzy whilst we're seeing sort of Matt sell things like his Ocean Pink Les Paul Custom. Well, I'm also selling stuff. I'm going through a bit of a phase of, of trying to... Uh, cut back on the amount of stuff that I've got. I just feel like I've been a little bit stagnant with gear recently. So um, I've got a bit of money tied up in some stuff that I'm maybe not using as much as I should do. Stocks and bonds and things. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I hear that um, the uh, the Starbucks uh, stock I've right. got is maturing. So, oh, yeah, I think good. I'm going to... Uh, sell 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 yeah and sell then, low buy high yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. um no but basically i just uh this week i i managed to score a real banging deal on uh what's going to end up being a bit of a parts caster i think oh, for this me this is exciting i know I'm excited it's, about it's you not, building something i know it's not something that i'd normally do but um this was a really good deal and i just i feel like it was too good to turn down really so basically i have got uh the body from a 72 telly custom right uh, American or Mexican? Mexican. Right. So from the... So poly finish. Yes. From the uh, classic series range, which right. obviously has been discontinued now and is superseded by the Vinteras. Yeah. Uh, but this is a this is an older one. I'm not sure how old it is, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, they're all older, of course, you know. <laughs> <laughs> classic, classic gag. I need to get a little bit bummed. Yeah. Uh, classic gag. Anyway, I got that. And the neck. Is uh is a little bit different actually. It's a uh, the neck from an American uh seventy two thin line right. telly. Okay. Um, but it's they obviously fit together. They're three bolt. I did have a mild moment of panic when uh <laughs> when like I brought it home. I was like, oh no, oh yeah, no, it's okay. It's, I like it's, three bolt. Three bolt looks cool. Three bolt does look cool. You're you're right. Actually, I have never really been a big fan of. The thing that's weird about this for me is I've always made a big song and dance of the fact that I'm not a huge fan of 72 tellies. Mm -hmm. Um, And mainly that comes down to the pickups. Right. I mean, obviously I... But it's still telly pickup in the bridge. It's still telly pickup in the bridge. The the one for me that I've never got on with is that wide range humbucker. So you you prefer a lipstick style thing, the single coil? Yeah. I mean, I just, I've always preferred a kind of, I, I like treble and I like mids and right. what you get from that 72 
telly pickup, the reissues, is kind of more of a woolly sound. It's definitely more soupy, isn't it? Yeah, those, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. those wide-range humbuckers. They're especially sort of low-end, yeah, intense. Yeah, and I, I mean, actually, from what I've been told, they don't sound actually that much like the original pickups because the original pickups that were in there had were Kunafe magnets, which you can't get a hold of anymore. So right. they, they're slightly different. And, you know, they've taken on a, a kind of world of their own and people love them. Uh, Dan Grace, who I work with, who we've talked about on the podcast before. Friend he's of the podcast. Friend Dan of the Grace. podcast. He's got 72 telly, uh, te- 72 reissue, and he absolutely loves it. And, right. uh, you know, some people love it. I just, I really want the, cla- I really want that like harsh, ear piercing. But do you ever play treble. on anything other than the neck? On the, you mean the bridge? The bridge, yeah, uh, sorry. Well, so actually, my uh, my offset telly, um, which I am, I have actually just part for sale. Have thinking you? Of, yeah, I think oh. about moving it it's on. finally going. It is going. And also, when I plug in the Mustang uh, at home, I, I tend to play on the neck pickup, just because I think that the neck pickup is a little bit more musical. I think it kind of uh, lends itself to being played by itself more right. than yeah. the bridge pickup, which obviously cuts through the mix a bit more. It's, it's exactly the same as a conversation that we've had a number of times about how, why, when you're playing kind of high gain guitar at home in your bedroom and you uh, scoop the mids, it sounds great. Yeah. But as soon as you do try and do that live or as soon as you try and do that with a band, your guitar just disappears. Yeah, absolutely. Because it just, you know, the two they're two very different things. So you were saying neck for home, bridge for live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I've always liked. So... um. I'm in two minds as to what to do about the pickup. So, you know, do I try and find... I was talking... We, we talked about it very briefly in the chat of the live podcast, uh, which you guys recorded last night. Yes. Yeah, but it doesn't actually go out until Thursday. Don't worry, no, no Thursday spoilers. Thursday for Patreons, no, Friday for listeners. No, for, for listeners. For other people. For regulars. Well, uh, you know. For the scum that don't pay. <laughs> all right, mate, calm down. You're standing up. Like, I am. It's all right. It's, it's okay. Sit down, Mark. Sit down. Raging. Put your um, shirt back on. So I had a couple of suggestions of uh, neck pickups that were, uh, you know, kind of similar. Lindy Fralin, which is a yeah. company that I am familiar with, but I don't really know much about. Right. Um, so it's just a standard humbucker size gap, yeah? So you can put anything in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. So, but yeah, anyway, I've got that and I'm, yeah, I'm going to try and do something and I don't know what it is I'm going to do. Um, quite excited. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get gold hardware. Maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll build the ultimate, uh, Jay Cross doesn't like this guitar guitar. Um, (laughs) but I mean, here's that you could do things like, because there's no, you can go to like a custom, uh, sort of pickup manufacturer and and you could do something like what, you know, I mentioned it on the live podcast. I think I mentioned it a bit last week, but what Treetone did for, my guitarist Tim, mm-hmm. who wants to play P90s but just got an SG with humbucker routing, so he had them. He had them make him P90s in in humbucker housing. Yeah. It's like really aggressive, sort of uh, Gibson style yeah. thing. So you could get something made up that's a bit more in line, like get a P90 in the bridge I rather could than a do. wide range. I could do, but I actually I in don't neck, I, neck, I, d- I don't own anything with a humbucker at the moment, right. and I haven't done since I sold my Les Paul traditional, which was probably. F- uh, four or five years ago now. What, wait, what's in your double cut? Les Paul P90s. Oh, it's P90s. Yeah, it's, it was right. a special. It's Les Paul special. Right. Uh, junior special. Junior special. So it's, uh, yes, yeah, P90s. So I don't own anything with a humbucker in. So, yeah, I was thinking about maybe going down. Uh, I, I've talked about the uh, Fender Double Tap a lot, which is a pickup that I really like. The right. way that it, it, it uh, you know, approaches 
coil splitting and tapping in a really interesting way. So I was thinking about maybe putting one of those in there. I think that might be cool. That sounds um, fun. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. So basically, I'm after kind of, um, I'm after uh, some advice, really. Anything that you guys would suggest? Anything that the listeners would suggest? No neck pickup. Uh, okay. Oh, I like Fine. that. I like that. I mean, um, that's what that's what Tim <laughs> that's did with. Com- that's Tim, completely with his... the opposite of what I'm asking. No, but it does up. look cool if yeah. you just leave it as a hole. Tim did that with his no, 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 with no. his SG. Is just left a big uh, empty space. I'm saying go great. the other way. Get a custom plate built that right. covers it up. Oh, covers it up. I do. Yeah. I do like the idea of that. And then just one volume control, no tone. Yeah. yeah. I do like the idea of that, but that does completely go against why I've got this guitar, which is to have a guitar with a humbucker in it. Yeah, you're not mm. going to use that humbucker pickup. Probably not. But you know, we are where we are. But yeah, so I've got that, and uh, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what we do. We'll see where we go with it. Very cool. So on the neck, you still need to get tuners for it as well. Still need to get tuners. Yeah, but it's completely finished and yep. fretted. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, as you pointed out, really skinny, horrible vintage frets. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, lovely skinny <laughs> vintage frets. Yeah, yeah, really, really, sort of as you say, really skinny, horrible vintage, vintage frets. Vintage yeah, tinted yeah. lacquer neck. Yep. Lovely big, greasy, slow sort of lacquer oh yeah that's what i'm into that was yeah. into that neck you must hate it i don't know why you bought it yeah it does seem a little bit weird but you know sometimes you've got to throw yourself outside of your comfort zone you know yeah, and it's I think it sounds cool you just got to, you speculate to accumulate you know yeah. spend money to make money you've got to uh uh live fast and die young fingers crossed yeah, yeah that, that that is a thing that is a thing so uh so i just uh i got back from the the first bit of my uh my tour where i've been touring with this band uh called body hound yeah, who, Ice uh, Tea. Is it the what? Ice Tea. Yeah, Ice Tea's band. Body Ice Tea's Hound. band. Oh, is that is that a thing? No, we're no. making a joke. Ice oh, Tea's right. band is called Body Count. Oh, I see. Oh, I understand. That was that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so I was talking with this band, Body Hound, who are like. Oh yeah, Ice Tea. The uh, ri- oh, that's what Ice Tea's band are called. Yeah, yeah, that's right. More, that's like, yeah, yeah. more like Rich Tea. <laughs> <laughs> so Body Hound are this weird band because they're quite young and they're absolutely not uh, not gear obsessed. They're just really good players, which I, ca- you, I can't stand. <laughs> I was going to say, did you, could you? I bet you couldn't even compute that, could you? Oh, no, it's horrible. Trying to, to, So I know them quite well. I've known them for years. But it's still difficult because, like, you know, they have conversations. And here's the thing. The bulk of the rest of my band are all uh, very technically able and, and trained guitarists. So they can talk in terms of sort of uh, – and often do talk in terms of scales and – and things like that, and Lydium things. And, Idiots. And they want to be talking about sort of like effects loops and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm good within my band at, at whenever that starts, turning the conversation just to be about gear. But now we had Body Hound there as well, who are all like jazz musicians. It was just all very tech-based, and I was just I was struggling to get it back on message, which is, of course... Does anyone want to do some class A drugs with me? No. That's oh, not sorry. The, no, sorry. The, the, that wasn't the message. <laughs> that's not the oh, message. Oh, okay. Sorry. The message is is let's talk about equipment and oh, how good, right. how good sorry, the equipment sorry. is. Yeah, the gear. Talk yeah. about the gear. <laughs> we talk about the, the equipment. God damn it. But uh, yeah, so, they, so they've got a couple of guitarists in this band. Uh, one of them, Calvin Rhodes, is playing through a Squire Jazzmaster. And it's like a... Um, uh, a, a, a candy apple red with a gold plate and black Jazzmaster pickups. Yeah, I'd never, I hadn't seen anything like that before. He bought it quite recently. Yeah, so that was recently discontinued. Uh, I think it was a standard or a deluxe. I think it might have been a deluxe. Right, and it was a guitar that kind of sat sort of by itself in a range that didn't really exist anymore. I see. Um, and because uh. 
gold plate. Yeah, gold plate. Yeah, gold, gold plate. Anodized plate. Yeah, black pickups. Yeah, I, I remember. They really cool. Yeah. Really, really cool guitar. And like they were pretty cheap. Yeah, I mean, you know, sort of very. Yeah, yeah, really affordable, but really good. And and Kelvin is a is a full time musician, so he plays in a couple of jazz bands, a couple of function bands, and he's now just using this Squire Jazzmaster. Yeah. It was so odd to see something like so affordable being used by this guy who literally depends his career depends on this guitar has to be able to intonate perfectly. Yeah, has to sort of be versatile. Well, I thought he was in a jazz do. band. For sure, oh, yeah. he doesn't matter that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably doesn't. <laughs> Um, it but, all sort of sounds alright. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, you know, he he's was using that, and he's moved off of uh, double cut uh, Gordon Smith. One of the okay. uh, I can't remember how they named them. Is DC two G G G S G S two Gordon Smith. Yeah, G S two. So he's he's moved off of one of those because he said it was too dark. He said it wasn't versatile enough for the amount of different things that he was getting. But I mentioned it briefly on the uh, on Guitarnas Live that me and Mark shot. He really struggled to couple that guitar with a Boss Katana because he was borrowing Tim's amplifier and kind of make it warm enough for him. He was finding the Jazzmaster and that as a combination were very thin. So, you know, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to maybe hear from, from listeners about your experiences with Boss Katanas and if you've ever found a guitar that hasn't worked well with it. Because I, I mentioned this a bit on the live podcast again, but... I'm using the the katana through basically every single guitar that comes through the Harlequin Guitar Club, and I I'm yet to find one where I'm like, oh, this doesn't sound good. Um, and yeah, it was a real real struggle for him. Uh, so just to confirm, yeah, it was that was the uh, deluxe Jazzmaster, um, which I'm pretty sure doesn't exist anymore. Right. So uh, that was that was quite a weird model, wasn't it? It was, yeah, because it I. I th- I can't remember the chronology of it completely, but I think it maybe came out before the... Did it come out before the Vintage Modifies? No, I don't think it did. I think it came out the NAM after, and I think there was a bunch of guitars that came out around the same time, right. and it just, you know, a load of them didn't survive. That was the only one that kind of that kind of survived uh, for so long. But yeah, Tuna... Uh, not tuna, tunematic star bridge. Uh, oh, adjust, what is it? matic I think, is what they. Oh, right. what oh, that's called. interesting. Um, and yeah, adjustomatic bridge, and yeah, really cool, really interesting. They look great, and yeah, they were they were really reasonably priced. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just kind of sat in a series kind of that didn't really exist anymore because there was a bunch of deluxe strats as well. I'm not sure if they still exist. Uh, but yeah, very cool, very yeah, cool, very cool indeed. The the other guitarist is left-handed. Uh, Joe Nichols and I was talking to him quite a lot about uh, about his struggle to find things that are a bit unique in the left-handed market which was you know kind of really interesting because it's something that I think whilst my guitarist Tim is 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 also left-handed it's less hard for Tim because he strings right-handed mm. which means he he often buys right-handed guitars and has them converted mm. whereas Joe Nichols plays left-handed normally so he's limited to the left-handed market, despite the fact that he likes weird guitars, and he really struggled to get hold of anything. So he went to Ibanez, and Ibanez gave him, and actually gave him, a prototype that they never went, they never ran with, that okay. they still had, um, of a, a left-handed model, which was kind of their Jazzmaster shape, but um, without any contours, and bound, top and back bound, and it was like a... It was a mahogany body in a sort of cherry finish with binding on the top and bottom. And then the neck was a right-handed neck that they'd 
they put some there were dots on both sides so okay. obviously so the <laughs> the headstock logo is upside down and the tuners are the other way round on it so okay. they sort of put this together as sort of a last minute prototype is it setnik no no it's a it's a bolt on okay uh so it's just a it's like an ibanez jazz master just with a pair of humbuckers. with a mahogany body yeah right. with a mahogany body really really unusual sort of weird left-handed model but yeah he was saying that uh he went to them and was like look have you got anything interesting left-handed he went to headstock up in in birmingham, in birmingham in the yeah UK, and asked them and they they said they well they they didn't have anything that was on the market, but they had this old prototype that had been knocking around, and so they just gave it to him. Well, fingers crossed that's not, you know, we haven't just leaked something that's coming out at, uh, at Winter Nam. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. No, oh, it yeah, was... no this wasn't, yeah, this isn't the prototype. This is like, this is the actual, this is the one. This is the marketing sample. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. I wish Ibanez yeah. would do some more sort of like classic guitars like that, um, just because... You know, they, they, they produce such great quality stuff and everything that they do at the moment seems to be very ergonomic and modern. They, of course, have the art core range, which is all very hollow. I but just, I'd just um, like to see some cool classic stuff again. I was just having a look right now just to see what the uh, what the current kind of lineup for art core is, because obviously, you know, that they do all the hollow body stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but actually, I'm not sure there is anything right yeah, now. Yeah, there's, there's some stuff. So they, they did... Oh, a, yeah, Art Core. Yeah, they did a new range last year. I went over to Birmingham to check it all out just just uh, at the end of my time at, at GAC last year. So they they essentially released a load of pastel colours in the uh, in, in the hollow body series. They yeah. did a pink. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, and they did some blues and greens, like a four-string. They do a weird, like, five-string bass in sort of a pastel blue that's still like a jazz or hollow body. Um, and they had some, they had some cool sort of like uh, jazz style, but you know Fender style color uh, guitars as well. But it's a, uh, it's it's definitely a weird, it's a weird range. Like they don't, they're still not doing anything classic that's not hollow. Strings Direct are one of the most comprehensive guitar string retailers worldwide, so they definitely know a thing or two about guitar and bass strings. And with that comes the complete understanding of the frustration you get when trying to find a set of strings with the exact gauges you want. Maybe you're looking to tune in Robert Fripp's famous new standard or fifth tuning, or perhaps you've got a Yamaha G10 synth guitar, which requires six 16-gauge strings. Who knows? Whatever you're tuning, whatever your gauge, whatever your preferred brand, Strings Direct have you covered with their Strings Direct custom gauge builder. Build your own set of signature strings from scratch with options for electric, bass and acoustic and with banjo and classical guitars coming soon. And choose from a huge range of the world's most popular string manufacturers. Strings Direct have got us guitar nerds covered. Check them out and build your own set at stringsdirect.co.uk. And on top of that, all guitar nerds listeners can take advantage of a 10% discount off of anything on the Strings Direct website throughout November and December. Just use the code NERDS10 at the checkout. And for more info, follow the link in the description of this podcast. This week's episode of the Guitar Nerds Podcast is sponsored by Singular Sound, the music gear company from Miami, Florida, known for the Beat Buddy, the only drum machine that sounds human and is easy to use. It's the first drum machine in the form of a guitar pedal, so you can control the beat with your foot whilst you play. 
This year they came out with the new 6-track stereo looper pedal with touch-enabled screen hands-free mixing and simultaneous parallel and sequential looping called the Eros Loop Studio. They also came out with a Cably, a portable cable management system that organises your cables so they'll never get tangled again! This Black Friday, visit SingularSound.com to order new gear. Almost all products will be 10% off and any order automatically enters you into a chance to win a $200 Singular Sound gift card. On top of that, Guitar Nerds listeners get a $10 discount on everything on the Singular Sound website by using discount code GUITARNERD. Or follow links in the description of this podcast. Okay, here's one for you. Here's what I'm. Here's what I want. NDM4, the noodles. Oh, why are we talking about this model. again? I come can't on, mention bump, bump in my trunk. On this come on, come on, bump in my trunk, oh. Joe. Four four nine. Yeah, P nineties as well. Is it that a is, current model? Yeah, it is. is that I'm the looking one covered I'm looking, in gaffer tape. No, that that guitar hasn't existed for <laughs> about fifteen NDM1. years. That's the NDM one. That's the NDM. I think that was the NDM one. Yeah, that yeah. guitar hasn't existed for a long time. Uh, but this is this is actually very classy looking. So it's. Again, it's kind of an offset, uh, like jazz mastery. It's the Talman. It's kind of the Talman shape, isn't it? It's kind of the Talman shape. It's more like a. It's the Talman shape, but the it's got like a weird extended lower horn. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, single volume, single tone. What looks like a five? I can't be a five way. It looks like a five way selector switch, but I'm sure it isn't. Um, Hardtail and the uh, the jack input is really weird. It kind it's- of extends down per um parallel to the strings so, so it's uh it's a hot it is actually a complete it's an upside down road call which is the jazz master guitar that i was just talking about right okay <laughs> so actually as this is an upside down one yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> uh hmm. anyway uh this I, I really like it i think it's cool i think it's cool didn't he have a uh didn't he have a D-tuner on for a while as well. Like a, well, like, like a hip shot sort of. Yeah, uh, like a, I'm not sure any of his models had that, but they did do that for a while. They did that, yeah, hip shot D-tuner. I'm sure he did on his, which because I, I remember thinking that was weird because the offspring only ever played in E. Really? Oh, as right. far as I can remember, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, anyway, I can't really remember how we got around to talking about Ibane. Uh, oh, your mate. Yeah, yeah, I was just talking about Ibanez. Basically, just what you're saying is we should be talking about noodles all day, every day. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is I would really like to see Ibanez go back to some of their old stuff. Like, you know, like I the ev- noodles, NDM no, one. I mean, older than that. I keep, I keep going back to like oh, the Ibanez Roadster bass that I owned. One of the best basses. Ibanez Musician. Like the guitar and basses in that in that series, that was some of the coolest things I've ever played. I think Ibanez should be going back to really heavy mahogany through neck. Uh, guitars oh yeah, just and what's just what's popular at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone really wants that <laughs> through neck seven piece neck all the way down. Wenge walnut. Yes, Wenge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Throw some Jatoba in there. Get yeah, some yeah, Jatoba yeah, yeah. in there. All of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I want a 13 piece neck, please. Oh yes. Yeah. 13 yeah, stone great. neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's absolutely. Now Mark, you've written something on our podcast notes that I don't really understand in the general topics here. Four words. Noel Gallagher's Les Paul. The reason being No, he's not. Uh no, you're right. He is not, but he did play one for a while. So, um this in fact, uh it was this morning. I thought he played like the... Union Jack guitars from Argos. Yeah, so, um I was looking at a. I watched a 
Oasis on uh, Jules Holland, and I believe it was 1994, um, or maybe 1995, I can't remember. Anyway, so two things that are great about it. Firstly, Liam clearly has not just just not turned up. And they do, so they play a song and it's like, uh, I can't even remember which tune it was. One of the Oasis tunes where Liam sings. It wasn't wonderful. Oh, okay. um, but Noel's singing it instead, and they're doing it as a four-piece rather than a five-piece. And then there's a slightly awkward interview afterwards where uh, 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 Jules Holland basically is like sits Noel down, and he's like, where's uh, where's Liam? And I was like, don't know. <laughs> oh. Don't know where he is. And uh, and then he says something like, oh, has, uh, has all the touring been getting to him or something? And then Noel goes, don't know, but I'm definitely going to get to him after this. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I'm really threatening. And um, yeah, anyway, so he was playing a Gibson Les Paul. And I thought actually early on, um, and firstly, it sounded amazing, like incredible guitar sound. Uh, it's you know, Les Paul into a Marshall, clearly just everything turned all the way up, right. you know, lovely. Um, and I thought early on, and if it was 94, I was thinking like, yeah, they're playing like Epiphone stuff. Like a lot of the stuff before... The first album, they're all playing Epiphones, whether it be Hollow Bodies or for a long time, he just played an Epiphone Les Paul standard. Really? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, but- I think there's the their first televised uh, show, I think, is them playing on TF5 Fridays. Uh, it wouldn't think- be TF5 Friday. It might be like The Word or something. Was that Chris? Evans as That's well. That's TFI Friday. The word is like Terry Christensen. I think their first TV appearance was on TFI Friday. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was Chris Evans. And yeah, they're all playing. They're all playing Epiphone. Well, you know, both of them are playing. Uh, Captain America. Yeah, yeah. Captain America himself playing right. Epiphone Les Pauls. Uh, it is, in fact, the word. Oh, okay. Um, which, I hate when he's right. I know. I know. It's, I only know because I've definitely watched that video before. Um, but yeah, like you say, they're playing Epiphones and stuff. But um, I was like, that. Les Paul sounds absolutely amazing and it looks wicked as well. What is that? So I looked it up, 1960 Les Paul. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. And then I did a bit of the reading on the history of it. So that was the guitar used on um, the first album. In particular, they reckon Slide Away and Live Forever. Uh, and the guitar is actually borrowed from Johnny Marr, who yeah. I believe, uh, where did I... I saw this. He bought it from, I think, Pete Townsend. Crikey, uh, really? Gibson, Les Paul. I was doing reading, and the page that I pulled up, I now can't find. Um, but yeah, definitely borrowed it from Johnny Marr for that um, album. And then the kind of end of that story is that uh, the he broke the neck, but not at the headstock, broke it at the, uh, the heel, so what? where the neck joins the body by basically battering someone with it. Um, this is a quote from equipboard.com. Unfortunately, he broke the guitar's neck at the heel in 1994 in Newcastle when a fan climbed on stage and Noel smacked the fan with the guitar. Um, <laughs> uh, that's funny because I, as soon as you started talking about this, I started looking up because I was I was pretty sure that uh, he, he played a Les Paul that was given to him by Johnny Marr. I was sure I'd heard that. Yeah. And... Um, this uh this website ground guitar is actually a little bit more um they're a little bit more 
uh, forgiving than what that article says. So here it says, in 19, uh, unfortunately, he broke the guitar's neck in 1994 in Newcastle when a fan climbed on the stage and Noel used the guitar to defend himself. Right. Uh, so <laughs> perhaps a little bit more diplomatic about what happened there. So Not, it's got, it's yeah, gone he from... smacked the... Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I said battered. So. <laughs> That's a heavy old guitar to swing at someone. Um, yeah, yeah, 1960. Definitely, there's Paul. <laughs> um, also used in the video for "Live Forever." Um, and yeah, I'm just there's, uh, yeah, Pete Townsend. That's right. where it wow. came from. So, wow. quite a history. God knows where that guitar is now. Whether it's still in Johnny Mars' uh, hands or not, but uh, so, but, but it's worth a few quid. Just yeah. read. Well, I mean, yeah, just reading after this. Do you, did you see? Uh, and actually, this article is really interesting. Did you see the guitar that he used after he broke? The uh the neck on Johnny Mars now almost priceless Les Paul. Go on. Uh he used a um uh a Les Paul custom uh Les Paul custom uh which Johnny Mar was generous to lend him another one. <laughs> <laughs> so this also belonged. It's like yeah, this one's okay. even heavier, mate. Do some more damage. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on you. You know. But uh yeah, no, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. I've read. I'm sure I've read. A, this before about Johnny Marr. He just is like, just lends people stuff. He just seems like a lovely, lovely man. just seems great. Yeah, Yeah. it just seems really cool. Yeah, what a quality dude. So, this uh, this week, you know, know, after the last couple of weeks, I think on one of the Guitar Nerds Lives, uh, you you two were talking about about weird guitars and and the subject of Warwick came up. Yep. And I remembered, like, you know, when I had some time playing a Warwick Buzzard and how cool those were. And I was like, man, I really like the Warwick buzzard i really like the warwick jack bruce um, i knew there's something wrong with you yeah you know i like the the star base and I, I started to think i was like maybe i need a warwick and then of course one alderette's now playing warwick he's got his own idol maker i really want a jonas helborg if they weren't eight thousand or six thousand pounds to to purchase a, a helborg so i was like yeah warwick's are really cool and that led me on to being like to spending a lot of time on their website and I was like hey you know a guitar brand that we've spent virtually no time on Framus this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast is sponsored by Celestian and their incredible new Neo 250 Copperback speakers. Sacrificing none of the delicious musicality of your favourite Celestians, the Neo 250 Copperback is a neodymium speaker that supplies tons of tone without the signature cone breakup immediately associated with the classic Celestian growl. Rated at a monstrous 250 watts, the Neo 250 works together with your amp to provide fantastic dynamics, delivering all the headroom and touch sensitivity you could possibly need. All that at a modest £5, which is that's like 2.2 kilograms. Check them out at Lean Business in the UK, Tube Amp Doctor in Germany, Algam in France, Eco Music in Italy, Loud in Spain, plus gear for music, Toman and Backstrop. And if you're in the US, then you've got retailers like Sweetwater, Musician's Friend, AMS, Parts Express, Loudspeakers Plus, and of course, Amazon. For more details, check them out, Celestian.com. Yeah, I mean, so Framus, I think, are a bit of a weird one for us because they they've always done really. They've always had an amazing custom shop. Yeah, but the gear has always been like unattainably expensive, well, yeah. and they've always or they've also always done really cheap stuff under the frame, or they have in the past done really cheap stuff under the Framus name, and it's it's always been a little bit difficult. Also, just from a purely personal point of view. Uh, my 
my introduction to Framus was the seven string, uh, the seven string custom shop uh, <laughs> Framus that someone custom ordered at GAC oh, and what? then uh, decided that they didn't want to buy. Oh, no. uh, so we had sitting in the shop for, I mean, it probably got buried into the foundations, I assume is the only. No, it went out. I remember it going out. Someone, he was like, this is my dream guitar. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the thing I've always wanted. It's like, well, that's funny. Well, that's that's what the last guy said, <laughs> and uh, turns out didn't want it. Well, Framus actually sell their guitars in the same way that Warwick do. Obviously, they are owned uh, and operated by Warwick, but they do their standard series, team built and master built series, and that's how they separate their models. And uh, and of course, they have different things available in each. Uh, in each series but I was kind of like well you know I I look at the team built and master built stuff on the Warwick site a lot and it is it's very expensive but the other thing just as a personal preference is it tends to that price cut goes up because things start to get very bling things start to get very burly very sporty burly burly you know like burled poplar yes uh, yes they're, they're burly not like rugged no, no, not like not, like not like me. No, not like Burly, like Ben Affleck in in Batman. But you know, like more like a just you know. You know that's got... a suit, right? That's not his actual body. No, yeah, you see him like shirtless, he's... pulling tires at one point. Okay, yeah, he's Burly. Okay, he's a muscly man now. He, he was re- like you've got this thing for Ben Affleck. He was in Triple Frontier as well, and he looked pretty hench then. It was like a Netflix film. Okay, that sounds like an adult film. <laughs> 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 Triple Frontier with Ben Affleck. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, enough. Enough of Ben Affleck. Um, yeah. The uh, <laughs> please, Joe. <laughs> what, so I'm just gonna mop my brow. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway. So yeah. So uh, the standard series is kind of the series that caught my eye a little bit, just because everything tends to be a bit a, a bit more simple. And I was checking out the standard series, and it's actually great. They do some really really nice uh sort of you know classic come modern models like things that straddle both areas without being too much without being that classic thing that that well not classic thing that modern thing that companies like Ibanez do which is make everything incredibly ergonomic and you know just everything ends up looking you know less like a guitar and you know more like something else. Anyway, they these the the guitars in the standard range are fantastic. I really enjoyed like the Diablo Pro, which is their um kind of uh, one of their only models, maybe their only model that has a scratch plate and is in a kind of a strat shape, but maybe um, sort of a little bit wider, a little bit stockier in in look. I love the headstock on the Framus, um, but the Diablo stuff's great. The uh, um, the Idol Maker was was one that I that I especially liked, which is kind of their reverse Jaguar offset shape, and certainly the Idol Maker is the base version of that made by Warwick, is what uh, Juan Aldrich playing at the moment. But the Idol Maker is a, a fantastic looking, really unique um, instrument. And then of course you've got the you've got the artist series like Philex introduced his SG style uh, model, and there is the Panthera as well, which is a which is their single cut, which is lovely, like a kind of slightly smaller body shape to the Les Paul, again slightly stockier. That seems to be the overall um, look for the range. But I was like, man, there's some fantastic stuff in this series for really reasonable money. I'm just surprised we don't see them out in the wild more. Well, I think it's the same with Warwick, isn't it? Like a lot of it's kind of custom build, like you say. 
and uh, there's not many shops where you could just go and pick one off the peg. Well, I, you know, you say Warwick are a, a, you know, a massive German sort of powerhouse of a company. It just seems a shame that more of those things aren't out and about. Yeah, uh, well, it's kind of a vicious cycle, isn't it? Like, the less you see, like, people playing them on stage, you know, like, names, yeah. the less inclined they are to be in stores. But then also, like, people aren't going to buy them to then play them on stage, yeah. if that makes sense. Also, if you remember, we saw... Uh, oh, no, I, I think it was me and Matty, maybe? Was it Summer? I feel like it was at Summernam. I was with Matty walking around, and we stumbled across the, the famous Warwick booth, and there was a couple of uh, Framus guitars there that looked like uh, kind of non-reverse Firebirds or something like that. Yes, you were talking about the television series. And they were, I was admiring them from afar and they looked fantastic. Really nice kind of stark Dakota red colour and a, right. a, like a kind of, not quite to my taste, but a Lake Placid blue type uh, colour. Yeah. And uh, they looked fantastic, but they were like eight grand. Well, they're now, you know. that. so yeah, you pr- you were probably looking at the Master Build series. Which is a, it's a lot of money. They are available team built now, which okay. will hit more the two, three sort of grand mark. Okay. Only a couple of colours in the team built. Uh, they, they are doing that Pelham blue and also a, a flamed sort of three tone sunburst. Okay. Uh, as well, but yeah, the the television is super cool. It's really nice to see Framus doing some like retro styled stuff. Probably the most retro thing they do is, is the Mayfield. Um, I'm trying to look through this now. Okay, so basically, there's not that the like the standard series. Yeah, doesn't have much of the kind of retro stuff. No, you so have to go to the team built. You have to go to team built. So things yeah. things like the blank T, which are, I guess are a kind of like sucked sweet version of a Telecaster. Uh-huh. Um, that's not available in the standard line, it's which is, not, no. I guess, why we're not seeing too many of these guitars. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. No, no, exactly. But like, you know, if you were to, you know, and listen, you can check this out. It's all on the Warwick website and you know which doubles up as the framers website as well the mayfield i think is a really gorgeous interesting i mean it's essentially their star base body shape yeah it's like a kind of 335 it's a thinner 335 yeah you don't mean fat. you don't mean depth you mean less, no yes across the front yeah, less yeah. chubby a narrower 
Yes, a narrower 335. It looks but cool. It's lovely. It is looks it... cool. But like you say, it's a lot of money. And at that price point, you know, there's a fair few other options available. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, if you're going to buy a guitar from Framus, you're going to be someone who's fallen in love with one of their shapes that isn't a retro guitar. Probably, like a, yeah. You know, like the Devon Townsend, for example, uh, is it almost looks a bit like that. Um, What's that music man that we were playing the majesty. other day? The Majesty. It's kind of got a bit of a Majesty vibe to it. Oh, um, not my mic over. Your mic. Um, and, I think we, or, or, you know, one of the weirder shapes. I think, again, I think we saw those at one of the NAMs and I have a feeling, didn't they do like a, I think they did a kind of Game of Thrones inspired or maybe that was the... That was Fender, mate. No, no, no. Those were like the Game of Thrones licensed guitars, but there were some like Game of Thrones inspired that were called like, you know... The man of the watching night or something oh, like right, you know yeah. it was it was called something like that um but they were again like all kind of shield inspired winter with, has come yeah that's that sort of thing um and again i think they were a lot of money next to that devon townsend which looked very cool actually i think um yeah i think it's just one of those brands where that you're never going to see them all in a store, no. which kind of means that you're not going to see many of them on stage. But such an incredible build quality from Don't Warwick. they have... It, was it Warwick and Framus that they have a uh, a carbon neutral yeah, factory? Yeah, I wondered if you were going to bring this up. Yeah, That's yeah, right, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. So if it, We've if, mentioned it before, but probably not for a couple of years. Yeah. So, so ex- explain to the did listener. Did you go to I the did, factory? Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, been yeah, to yeah. the Warwick so factory. So from what I remember, you said that basically there's kind of a channel that runs the entire length of the factory. That's right. And there are fans that blow down and basically blow any offcuts and shavings of wood yeah. into this channel, which then gets uh, kind of uh, led down towards a furnace. Yeah. And then that's what powers the factory. In fact, the the uh, the Warwick factory runs and Warwick and Framers factory run so incredibly efficiently that they sell electricity, sell electricity back, back to, to the, board. the government. Yeah, right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Amazing. So it's, uh, yeah. So it, a fantastic place, and it's just yeah uh, the the build quality that's coming out of that factory for for both Framers and Warwick is obviously why, incredible. Why did you go there? I can't remember. Oh, it was uh, it was Gitcon. It was uh, oh things, yeah, yeah okay yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Re- retrospectively, if I could go back, I would spend much less time uh, sort of you in know, the pub with with the YouTubers, and I would have spent more time checking out the incredible guitars that that were there because it really was a very very cool factory. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, I definitely I was definitely too drunk at that event to sort of appreciate just how incredible incredible some of the stuff was that they uh, they had there what an awesome factory i'd love to go back at some time you know i was like been barred i reckon yeah i probably really probably have but um the it's uh it's actually a really cool company famous i was i was reading about famous i was reading up on famous because i really i didn't know anything about them because of course it's not just um it's not just these very modern guitars that they have now they're a they're a guitar brand that's existed since 1946 so they've uh They've got like wow, a, yeah. That's, for, I mean, I don't know much about kind of the economic history of Germany. Ooh, your first big misconception. Are they not a German company? They became a German company, but actually a lot to do with the Second World War. And, yeah, and how? Um, well, of course, because Germany struggled so 
you know, incredibly after the Second yeah. World War. So the, and that's like 1946. So, so where did they come from? Then? Well, the, the fellow who uh, put together the company Framus. Now, the name Framus comes from Franconian musical. So it's Fra. Uh-huh. And yeah, 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 I, I understand. So, uh, yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, let, me, let me see if I can remember the guys that will find the, the guy's name, Fred Wilfer, who was German, but he actually lived in Czechoslovakia. Okay. Um, and that's where he set up the company. The only reason it eventually became German is is post-Second World War, it became very difficult to be a German living in, in a different country. So he, Oh, uh, right, okay. Yeah, so he, he moved the company back to Bavaria in Germany. Yeah. He, he approached the German government and said, look, I'm... You know, like uh, I've got this sort of violin making, you know, strong instrument making business. You know, can can the government help me get, you know, move back into Germany and 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 Germany were trying to help people who were living in other parts of Europe and and reintroduce them to Germany, and so they helped like fund and set up his company. And actually, he brought loads of other luthiers back into Germany, and he ended up heading up the the company Framus who dealt with way more than just guitars they dealt with loads of other strong instruments huh. but essentially he ended up heading you know this this big group of people who returned to Germany so they were like a, luthiers so kind of halfway between like a I guess kind of a, a to to a degree a uh, distri- distributor but it's also like um yeah just a, a, a not a union but like a kind of collective group of exactly yeah exactly and that's where framers that. came from yeah. that's really interesting and and so it was just you know when the electric guitar started being popularized that was when he that you know he started well, they as a company moved towards like creating electric guitars of course you you're going to have a a framer story for us surely mark peckham about what well paul mccartney i don't what i don't know paul mccartney's first guitar was a framer was it yeah, Paul McCartney's first guitar was Are you a sure famous. About that? Yeah, I am. I am actually sure. Um, I, 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 do you know what? I, I glanced over the story because I was like, I don't need to learn this one because uh, he'll, he'll know all about it. The Zenith uh, guitar. Um, he'd been given a, a trumpet for his 14th birthday in 1956, but he learned he couldn't sing and play at the same time. So he swapped it for a famous Zenith, also known as the Model 17, uh, which he used to compose. Uh, when I'm 64. Oh, there we go. There I didn't go. know. I I knew that it, the story about him getting a trumpet and stuff. I did not realise it was a framus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but uh, but I mean, is it left-handed? <laughs> probably, almost definitely not. No, I don't think it was. Didn't no. he learn to play right-handed guitars upside down? I don't know, mate. You're the one obsessed with the worst. Yeah, who'd do, who'd do that? Who'd do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah do that. <laughs> but I was I was then like you know you know because of course Framus went the worst beat. <laughs> Absolutely the best beat. Framus went bankrupt in Love 19- you, Paul. <laughs> I think he listens. Yeah, he probably does. You never know. He definitely can't hear. Um, some some super Mondays. famous people do listen. Me, so that's true. Mondays. You never know. Don't, uh, don't bring up meat free Mondays. <laughs> so, um, so uh, so yeah so. Uh, they went bankrupt in 1975, and it was actually uh, the fellow who started Framus, uh, who started Framus's son, who uh, who then brought back the company in the mid 90s and and sort of brought them into the Warwick fold and stuff and started making them all with completely new body shapes because of course Framus made really cool stuff in sort of the like the 60s especially and uh I, i'll i'll put this in the podcast notes for for patreon listeners and and mark and jay there's a there's a link in our group to 
to a, a listing currently on Reverb for a famous Golden Strato Deluxe 1963. And there are a number of these sort of guitars out and about at the moment. In fact, the London Vintage Guitars of Denmark Street uh, uh, um, Reverb Shop has a, has a load I'm glad of... you had to think about that. It yeah. shows I'm doing my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot the name. I almost said eBay. But yeah, they, they've, they've got a wonderful range of, of like weird Framuses at the moment. And this one especially, the, the Framus Golden Strato Deluxe. So this is... This guitar is absolutely ridiculous. I love this Those guitar. pickups are at different angles. So, so yeah. So, so listen More to... More bass, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so, so to give you an idea of this... Of <laughs> <laughs> this guitar listener oh my. this is a <laughs> this is a jazz master jaguar style guitar so uh, with uh, with three pickups but yes jay's absolutely right they're all angled single coils like you would get in the bridge of a strat but all, all of them are at slightly different angles almost as if they've used no sort of measure at all oh, to, God, to pop them really in. uncomfortable really, to look at really odd angles but i'm sure it's very deliberate to increase the bass response as you move towards the neck pickup the the scratch plate itself looks like um, what do you what do you call that laminate wood? Uh, I don't know. You used to work in a kitchen yeah, shop. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, it w- does, wood it, effect. It, it does look like a countertop, but yeah, a, but it's, a cheap it's, one. Yeah, like sort like of a cheap in a sort of student flat. Yeah, yeah, it's that sort of thing. It's very, very weird sort of wood chip scratch plate. It's also is... up against a tree, which makes me think maybe it's actually see-through. Maybe it's <laughs> made of the tree. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just a tree behind it. And then you know, the same as the Jazzmaster, you've obviously, you've got your separate piece of control plate in the top horn. Um, but, of course, this one, as I've described, is the famous Golden Strato. So all the hardware, the pickups, and uh, the uh, control plates are gold so you've got your three switches which i presume in this case control each pickup individually then you have yeah they the appear most... to be on off switches yeah then you have the scratch plate for the, <laughs> the where you sorry the uh, control panel where you would normally get uh, a control panel sort of the lower lower quarter of the guitar however in this case framers have built the control panel to also include the bridge so it takes up virtually the entire lower area of the guitar. Oh, I would say that maybe 15% of this guitar doesn't have a scratch I was, on it. I was, gonna, <laughs> I was thinking exactly <laughs> the same thing. It's so weird. And also, when you look at it, the, the, the lower... So the lower scratch plate and the upper scratch plate are both gold, but they appear to be cut from two different styles of material. It could just be the angle that we're looking at it at, but they don't... No, they don't match. One of them is definitely very tarnished, whether or not they're sort of different, you know, colours. It doesn't make any sure. sense. And then there's a couple of other switches down there, which may be a phase switch. I don't know. There are two two switches, but then you've got th- three to four rotaries. And What's the hook? Yeah, there's... A, there's so like a weird hook. The top volume control seems to not just be a volume control, but it has a hook on it, almost like its own trim arm coming off of the... Volume control. So really, really weird. Very, very unusual. And um, and of course, the shame is this thing's been finished in sunburst, which is you know a complex finish to do. And then there's only fifteen percent of the guitar you can actually see. It's like just do it in black, mate. It would have been way easier, much less effort, and you wouldn't wouldn't have had to get that burst across the entire body. But um, but what an amazing 
<laughs> what a sort of what an incredibly unusual, super cool guitar. The other thing is, it follows the the same sort of, uh, I, um, I guess, I, idea. Well, it, it essentially has a uh, a cover over the bridge, so a similar sort of thing to what early Leo Fenders were uh, were trying to do. You cover up any sort of unsightly bits, which of course makes it impossible. We just call to... them Fenders now. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know why I said Leo Fenders. <laughs> Leo Fenders. <laughs> <laughs> but it of course makes it impossible to palm you. <laughs> don't know You're why okay. I said that. Yeah, fine. <laughs> I'm just an idiot. But um, yeah, which makes it impossible plug, to palm you. I plug these into me. Oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the old Jim Marshalls. <laughs> I love the old uh, oh, Orville Gibson. Yeah, yeah, go and try and think of some new names. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Bit of an acoustic player. Yeah, I've got a couple of bobs myself, you know. A yeah. <laughs> couple of bobs. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, what what an awesome guitar! So I, I was really enjoying, I was really enjoying not only sort of the the current in, like really lovely range of Framer stuff that's that's available that's very modern, but also the incredible range of of vintage gear that's that's possible. And actually, I, I will obviously put this link in the uh, in the podcast notes as mentioned. But but Mark and Jay, if you scroll to the bottom, you'll see that there are an awful lot of slightly different versions of the Stratos available in both chrome and gold. All up against the same tree. Yes, that's right. One, well, this, uh, the, this, uh, this particular shop, the London Vintage Guitars of Denmark Street, London, uh, do seem to have an awful lot of the Strato. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's this one, this Golden Strato Deluxe 1963. That, oh, my computer's just frozen up. Uh, there was another 1963... Which also appears to be a gold Strato Deluxe, which but slightly is... different with this plate being gold entire yeah. rather than any of the sort of wood. Chip then there's bits. the Chrome Strato Deluxe, which is also 1963. God, the prices are all over the but place. This, but it depends whether they've got two or three pickups as well. So you yeah. can pick up the two pickup version for less than 900 British pounds, which I think is an incredible deal for a guitar that looks this awesome and interesting. Well, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, we should uh, we should move on from this incredible discovery, which is famous. How do we talk so long about Framus? I don't understand. Like, I, was, I was thinking about it halfway through. Like he's managed to crowbar in a brand of the week without <laughs> like he tries it every week. I know, and we we never know. Get rid of it. I think, you like, bit. You bit. I know. This week. I, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather this I week. I had some so, history to, some to provide. Yeah, yeah. Which I the was history good. I'm good with. The history I'm good with. And, and in fact, I was thinking about it as well. There's clearly like you know european geopolitical history isn't an area of our expertise no, so absolutely. that discussion about you know the moving from germany to czechoslovakia and back again it's probably riled up a bunch of people oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah please uh please feel free to write in and correct us somewhere yeah, along absolutely, the lines absolutely absolutely anyway should we uh should we do some news So first up, Mark Packham. Why Hello you, there. Why don't you talk to us about a new offering from friend of the podcast, Brian Wampler? Well, I mean, I almost feel like I don't need to because so many people are talking about this already and it's been, uh, you know, this was announced a long, long time ago. I know okay, cool. Jay Cross, okay. why don't we... <laughs> <laughs> of course, what I'm talking about is the Wampler Terraform. Um, how are they actually describing it? It's a multi-modulation pedal, I guess, but is there... Uh, no, it's literally just called the Terraform. Um, so, as uh, I might have suggested, there it's a multi-modulation pedal. Um, in, in onboard effects include auto wire, envelope filter, flanger, phaser, univibe or uvibe as they call it, rotary, auto swell, tremolo, harmonic tremolo, chorus, and dimension. Um, there is 
what I like about it is the interface itself itself is super simple. So you've got your effect type, you've got rate, depth, blend, volume, and then variable. And then variable basically changes depending on which effect you right. are Right, so you're going to be dealing with, uh, I guess, the, uh, the amount of module... No, no, I guess... Hmm. I don't know what the variable will, will, well, will be it, as a function. It's, it varies, which is why it's variable. No, I'm thinking about what thing it will control on each of these things. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, so, for example, on the, uh, I think it's the envelope filter, uh, it affects the Q. So, of course. Yeah. That was going to be the obvious Yeah, one, yeah. so it's, it's all things like that. It's always the, the extra control that isn't covered right, by right. basically rate or depth. Um, and yeah, in fact, the list that I've got in front doesn't actually say what the what the variable does um, on each of them. But uh, if you go and watch Brian's video, there's uh, a fair it covers covers it in fair amount of detail. Um, the other thing is plenty of different options in terms of where to save stuff. So you've got eight storable presets. Right. Um, also tap tempo on the front, uh, stereo ins and outs as you'd expect. Uh, there's MIDI compatibility as well. Plus, any control can be controlled via the expression pedal. So if you want to adjust rate depth or the variable or, well, in fact, any of them, if you want to adjust the blend, uh, you can do that. With, oh, that's cool. With the expression pedal as well. Um, there is, yeah, and there's, to be honest, there's not much, there isn't much more uh, in there. The only th- other thing, which I didn't actually get to see in the video um, and is talked about in the press release, is there's uh, routing capabilities in there. So if you're using it in an effects loop, you can select. Uh, how do you do this? So you can have more than one effect on at any one time. No. So there's a pre and a post in is what you're talking about, and a pre and a post out. That's exactly that. Yeah. So you can do kind of like four cable method, I think, with the pedal itself. Cracking. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that, exactly that. So basically, if you're using it in, from what I understand, if you're using it in mono, you can depending on which effect you're on, it can either be pre or post. Right. That's pretty cool, yeah. and you've got you've got expression and MIDI as well. Yes, which is uh, which is really cool. Yeah, I need to read more into the routing, so I don't quite. I sort of get how that works, but I need to just confirm it in my brain. Basically, as far as I'm aware, you can have it either going straight into the front end of your amp when you're on some effects, or when you're on others, it will go into the effects loop. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand. So, um, yeah, I need to read through and just confirm that. Super exactly cool, how it super works. cool. I mean, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure how much like a multi-modulation pedal is your sort of vibe, but I, like, I'm I'm excited. Pun. I'm excited by something that can do everything in one box. That's not not a moor that can do everything in one box. Like, I would love to have a multi-modulation pedal, but I refuse to to for that to in turn mean that the vibrato I have really isn't that good or the well, yeah, chorus but I, mean, I have isn't that's, that great. That's also, I think you want to be careful because you're not cheapening what this is. Right. Because, you know, this is, I, the the where I've seen this is being, is being placed up against the Mobiuses of the world. Well, no, that's what and, I'm saying. And like the Boss MD500 and yeah. the, uh, and the um, H9. And I think that's the thing is that really – those are kind. Those are kind of the only options you've got if you want. If you a want high a, quality a, modulation, yeah, pedal, high yeah. quality multi modulation pedal. Really, all you've got are those three. So having this up there, I think, is is a really cool option. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you know what you're getting with one It's always going to be good. I mean, the videos that that I've seen have have you know sounded really good. Sounded really good. And the key thing for me is you know when I think about like the Strymon stuff, and when I think of something like uh, the Mod Factory. 
Yeah. Uh, is yeah. it Mod Factory, the Eventide? Yep. Yeah. Mod. Uh, Mod Factor. Mod Factor. Why am I blanking I on this? Yeah, Mod Factor. Um, they've all got a bit of a you know Starship Enterprise vibe yeah, to totally, it. Um, totally. Totally. Whereas this isn't that at all. Uh, uh, this has yeah. got. Everything's on the on the front. Really easy to get in and control. I it. like that it's rotary controls. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. my favourite thing about the Fender reflecting pool, as you know, it's as just an all alternative there. to the Strymon or the Boss. And three hundred pounds though on the one player Terraform. Okay, uh, that's so, actually less than I was expecting. Right? Yeah, yeah, two nine nine. You know, in some places less than that. So uh, yeah, it looks like a. Um, that's a you know it's a, a pretty decent price. It's it's top end pricey, but it's yeah. a, it's a decent price to pay pay for something that's going to deal with all of your modulation. And it seems like Brian's included enough options: the loop, the expression out, the MIDI control, which means you can take advantage of this. Um, to use every element of it without, you know, being one of those, here's my multi-modulation pedal, but of course I need chorus loads. So actually I just set it to chorus and then I don't use any of the other yeah. things. Like it, it seems like you can actually get hold of all the other bits and bobs, which are which is pretty good. Worth mentioning as well, if you are uh, integrating it into a MIDI setup, there are what 120, whatever the maximum MIDI amount of presets. It's 128 presets. Right. Um, so yeah, there's a, if, if you're just, you know, bit of a dunce like uh, Jay and I and you were just having it on a pedal board on its own, then you've got the eight presets you can flick through. Or if you're like you or Matt, kind of pedal board galaxy brains, as it were, uh, then, yeah, there's loads more presets available. So, yeah, it looks super cool. It's less money than I was expecting. And I think it does, it fills a gap for people like me who, I mean, modulation is not my thing, but... What I'm saying is people that wouldn't necessarily have, you know, like a switcher and a laptop hooked up and like, you know, tons and tons of uh, ungiggable rig type deal, shall we say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it it seems like a super cool option. I'm really looking forward to listening to this. I think it's a, a, yeah, a, a really cool pedal. Jay Cross, uh, after, you know, a handful of posts that have been thrown about in the, uh, in the Guitar Nerds Facebook forum, it looks like uh, the you know, Fender are getting into swinging. Yeah, so uh, the Fender Swinger uh, is a guitar that existed for about 34 seconds in 1969. Yeah. And actually, the, the, the my, like my kind of introduction to the Swinger was a video that Mark did yeah. about five years ago. Maybe, of course it was. Maybe longer. Yeah, something um, like that. And it was, was that the, that was the video, the five weirdest Fender guitars you'd never knew existed or something, something uh, like equally yes. clickbaity? Yeah, the, yeah. the reintroduction of the Swinger has actually been great for our sort of uh, our YouTube <laughs> for that video, revenue. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, basically, the uh, Swinger is a guitar that uh, was a really small number was released. They reckon maybe 250 or 300. But it was made in two different pickup configurations, right? Uh, yes. Uh, there was... Uh, actually, I'm not sure if there was... Uh, to be honest with you, I don't I, know. I'm sure there is because I looked up single vintage ones and, with both. Single yeah. and dual, unless they're... But, the- there's also a whole bunch of other stuff as well because it had different names. Yeah, because it was... Right. Oh, I understand. So the Fender, the Swinger, also known as Fender Music Lander yeah. and the Arrow. Yeah. How that relates Music to the... Music Lander. Yeah, Music Lander, yeah, yeah. How that relates to the pickups, I don't mm. know. I'm not sure that it does. And actually, I don't know if there were two pickup versions right. done because okay. uh, basically it's the body of a bass five 
What? It's, so the bodies are were old base five bodies. Right. Because that, that was also very unpopular. That was also very unpopular. And basically the, the geezer who worked there, who was this guy, Babe Simone, uh, who he was just sort of given free range to sort of do what he wants. Right. And what he what he did was he took a bunch of base five bodies that no one was buying and uh, reshaped them. Yeah, cut a to, hole in the bottom of them. Basically, yeah, to make them look like... So for people who don't know what a swinger is, imagine a if the Fender Mustang had been brought out by BC Rich. I would say is, 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 is kind of it's, it's as close as you'll get to an explanation of what that the swinger exactly looks like. What this That's is. kind of what it looks like. And so the, the base five was the uh, a basic Joe, you came very close to buying at one point. I still still on the lookout for one, yeah. And uh yeah, so uh the base five was kind of a uh a, a slim P base type shape, very, very narrow. Uh, and it was uh, E to C. That's right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so a high C. Um, but yeah, obviously, what a ridiculous concept for an instrument. But so, you only had 15 frets. So was, right. Uh, okay. So they. So the idea is you went up across rather than up down. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, up, up, up across instead of up down. Yeah, you went, okay. You know, yeah. Turn the top side top wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I get what you're saying. Um, so. What what they did was they took the bodies, reshaped them into something completely different, and then used the necks and the uh, not the headstocks, obviously, but they used the necks and the uh, pickup assemblies from Music Masters, which were guitars that were obviously quite popular. And they were single coils. So this was introduced very much as an entry level instrument. This was introduced very much as a uh, oh no, look at all of this stuff that we've got. Can we please do something about it? And uh, and so that's why it was introduced. And that's right. why there was only... Uh, okay, sorry. This says between 300 and 600 produced. Wow, I had no idea um, it was that rare. Yeah, yeah. And the headstock is very, very weird. So uh, the name Arrow came from probably the headstock being this like really well, weird Well, they just point. didn't shape it, yeah. did they? It's just... Um, so, yeah. So uh, the Wikipedia page is very, very sparse. Uh, but what it does say is that uh, Tina Weymouth from Talking Heads used one. Hmm. Uh, occasionally Ben Queller. Uh, used uh, used one. I found quite a few for sale when I started looking at old stingers, uh, swingers, which stingers. I thought was uh, which was unusual considering. Well, considering they, how had, rare they are, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. a lot of made. a lot of them have been messed around with. Though. Yeah, like yeah. I was just having a look, and there's people you know adding extra pickups and all sorts yeah. of stuff right, like that. I think I finding one in original condition, sure, uh, sure. But just not. the fact that there were you know enough still in you know working condition to be able to be sold on the internet. Yeah. yeah, fifty years later is, is well, and is that's quite something, and that that you know kind of takes us to to the release of them, and basically this is a Japan exclusive, right? Um, so these are made by Fender Japan uh, to celebrate the fiftieth anniversary of the Swinger, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, as far as I'm aware, it will remain a J- Japan exclusive. I hope that we see them over here at some point. Right, I, yeah. I, you know, I don't know what's going on, but but because they're a Japan exclusive, I know very little about them. Of so course, I've kind of cobbled together what information. Information I know, and what it does look like is that there are two, uh, there are two models. So there's a single pickup, which is single neck pickup, which is your classic um, uh, music master single com- neck pickup. Single neck pickup, yeah. That's so unusual. So, like outside of big body jazzers, where do you ever? Yeah, see exactly. Single well, neck you know, it, it, that is the that's the music master, and I guess it kind of makes sense because offset guitars are get. You know, they've obviously seen a resurgence more so in Japan over you know right. spanning the, the decade or so before the uh, the rest of the world kind of got back into them um but the uh the 
the um, Music Master was always a single coil guitar. Right. And then the Duo Sonic was the double I understand. pickup version of that. Right. Um, there's also a double pickup version of the uh, of the Swinger. Um, and from what I can tell, and this, to be honest with you, comes more from reading uh, the posts that other people have done when they've Google translated the, um, the, the Fender Japan website about it. It looks as though the... Single pickup one is a nitro lacquer. Really? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the information that I've gleaned from reading a bunch of posts about it. I bet that's a mistake. It doesn't make sense that that, that one well, would yeah, be and yeah, one totally. wouldn't. One wouldn't be. So we'll we'll see about that. And also, surely, if one was going to be kind of a deluxe spec, it would be the, two the one with two pickups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, unless I, they're doing one like as like a like a super authentic. Yeah, yeah, so maybe. Maybe, but uh, then again, I'm not sure that you'd, if you were doing a kind of modern swinger, I'm not sure you'd put that uh, like dodgy looking three barrel saddle bridge. Yeah, on. I mean, I yeah. love it, but you know, doesn't it sort of scream? I see what you mean, yeah. Modernity, oh. does it? So <laughs> bring uh, bring back the Maverick is what I say, which is the other guitar that was made in 1969 out of, out of the parts. old tap that you guys had lying around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the Maverick it was made out of uh, Fender Electric 12 bodies. Yeah. And which necks is, as yeah. well. So the which heads- is why it's got the big... It's got the it's hockey got stick headstock, yeah. Um, but it's got the pickups. Oh, no, it's the pickups from the 12 as well. So it's like the split... So essentially, it's a 12-string, but just... With six strings. With six yeah. strings, but also the body is cut in a weird way, much yeah. like the swinger. It's like bits chopped out of it. And then they just had some leftover Mustang bridges. They're like, let's just use them. Yeah. Yeah, it, they're very, very weird. It's such an interesting time period for Fender when they sort of tried a few things that didn't work, so just decided to... Just used up the bits. I love it. Yeah, it was great. Just do it now. The totally. ultimate bits is... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really into it. Very cool indeed. Well, that actually brings us up to time... On this week's regular episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast, we're going to be continuing over on the Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can support the podcast. $1 a month obviously gets you the regular episode ad-free and early, and it gets you access to Guitar Nerds Live, hosted by Mark Packham. Obviously, you can listen to that uh, without being a Patreon retrospectively, but you get to be included in the actual Guitar Nerds Live uh, podcast and ask questions and, and be spoken to um, you know, provided you're, you know, not not calling in with a potato as a router, which is, you know, is a fantastic option. Five dollars a month uh, gets you the Patreon episode ad free and early, and ten dollars a month makes you the executive uh, an executive producer, and it gets your name sung in a lovely song at the end of each episode. I'm really running out of themes. I did like a Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, sort of like a... I listened to the new... Ghostine. Uh, I listened uh, to that record this yeah, week really after you talked about it. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. Really good. But I think maybe me doing a song sort of inspired by it was a little too much, uh, potentially. It was just a bit weird, really. Okay. I listened back to it and I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like acid, all right? But, you know, the uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping to, to, to find some new genres and... Uh, maybe new drugs. <laughs> New of I don't chemical. think there are any uh, new ones. Anyway, um, you can follow us on Got Instagram and Twitter at Guitar Nerds and join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds forum. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. Which we keep bang up to date. <laughs> Please watch that Fender video. Yeah, yeah. It's only from five <laughs> years ago. Get, years get ago, some yeah. money for absolutely nothing. <laughs> money for old rust. <laughs> I really wish I'd uh, had the courage to buy in them because when you were talking about Joe catching them all, I just wanted to say Coca Dex. <laughs> 
Cokedex. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, oh, the Cokedex. Yeah, sorry, I do I'm get it. I'm doing a clean tour at the moment, I have, you know. I'm, I'm, Are you? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm really good. Is that why I'm, you're shaking? Yeah, that is, that's withdrawal right there. Anyway, that's it for, for us for this week. We'll be continuing over on the Patreon episode. Farewell. Cheers, gang. Richard Bye-bye. Subworth, Brian Inslin, John Half, Gavin Vandal, Linden, Jake McGee, Christopher Franklin, Mark Hizau, Kadawaki, Rob Basto, Stephen Burke, Robert Butterworth, Neil Milton, Mern Peters, Stuart Robson, Jeffrey Wax, Christian Lund Hansen, Zach Milton, Keith Adams, Steve Ferguson, Eric File. Andy Joyce, John Anglin, and Adam Royce Chris, Jake Cuphorn, Rob Poole, Scott Hamilton, Tucker Amadon, Ernie Cooper, and Ross Edwards, Nate Nagel, Stephen Hench, Rob Grant, Matt Robinson, Dave Lee, Amber James Baker, Juan Collier, Aaron Sherman, Blake Wyland, Andrew Good, Jamie Kemp, Jake Gray, Matt Bellamy, Martin Cliff, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Loseth, Hans Ams, Robin Smith, Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Rob Nordvik, Ed Bentley, Steve Merkel, Carlos Mancha, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Blair Tom, Scott O'Brien, Laurie Anstis, Paul Cargan, Will Claire, Boo Gravit, Phil Thompson, Adrian Day, Ken Sayers, Matthew King, Scott Gain, Sean Arbo, and Christopher Waltman Cuthbertson. Oh. The Guitar Nerds Executive Backers. Thank you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.